The world offers you comfort, but you are not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Hello, my friends. It's Kevin. And let's unpack this quote a little bit. As it's attributed to Pope Benedict XVI, it actually comes from two different quotes, two different presentations that he made over time. One in his encyclical Space Salvi, and one to some German pilgrims, as far as I can tell anyway, for some German pilgrims that came to visit him and celebrate his life and legacy after he was first elected as our, our Pope. Um, and in both those those situations, you know, on one hand, he was talking about seeking comfort in the world and seeking comfort out of good things, created things, but having to realize that that the call of Christ demands a full response of us, whether it's comfortable or not. In fact, he says, and I love this this bit that he this this raw analogy that he uses of a phone call, where he says that those of you who are looking for comfort have dialed the wrong number. Following Christ is is a beautiful thing. It's a worthwhile. It's a noble. It's it's a satisfying thing on every level that's imaginable. Satisfying more than anything else that I've ever experienced was developing, working on my friendship and my love and my relationship for Jesus Christ. But it and never at one point was it um, was I seeking. I, how do I word this? Comfort in the same sense that we think of comfort. I mean, right now, right, I, I haven't recorded an episode in a month. Um, things have been busy. I've been feeling discouraged. All this other stuff going on. And then, you know, um, stress crept in. Sin creeps in. And next thing, you know, the last thing that I want to do is to see Jesus. Of course, I go to Mass weekly. I have the opportunity to go daily, and I don't seize that opportunity to my chagrin. But the last thing I want to do is do a podcast about growing in faith when I'm not growing in my faith. At least it doesn't feel that way right now. It feels a little hypocritical. It feels a little um, presumptuous, as it always has since I started recording these things uh, about four months back or six months back. But it kind of strokes a need. And and maybe in one sense you can say that I'm looking for comfort in this podcast. And I, I can understand that. Seeking to fulfill the desires and in one way seeking out comfort, but not in a bad way necessarily. You know, there's one way that we seek out our desires that um, certainly would be a, a bad way, like with regards to sin or maybe regards to things that might not be sinful, but maybe don't help me become a better person. But I've started to <laughs> digress a little bit. I, the last thing I did really was this podcast that I'd recorded when I was in Mexico City. And there's so many things I can I can talk about from that one experience of being in Mexico City on this mission trip. I was there with, um, in my previous episode, I mentioned I was there with Renewal Ministries, a group based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And the leader there is named Jim Murphy, who uh, has been such a tremendous blessing to my life. I, uh, he's such a good man and, and very widely known in different parts of the world. And you know, it always shocks me when people out here never heard of him. And at the same time, I envy that a little bit. Not that I think I'm popular, but for a man of his caliber to have nobody out here hear of him necessarily. I might be speaking sort of glib, but and what a blessing that would be. I mean, a man with his gifts and his talent and how God uses him so powerfully 
for him to be so unknown in the West, I think would be a blessing. If I was in his shoes, that's something that I would appreciate. <laughs> Might seem different, but one of the things I wanted to touch on a little bit was when I was in Mexico City, there's a good man there, his name was Peter. A good guy. I've known Peter um off and on for a while. We we the last time I saw him was he was doing a presentation at a at a at a thing called Rock the Mount in central Saskatchewan in Canada. And uh, we, we just chatted briefly, but before that, I hadn't seen him since uh, we were on a, a missionary trip to Ireland and England with an organization called the Challenge Team that we, we traveled uh, throughout parts of the UK and Ireland talking about chastity and the importance of chastity from a logical point of view and from a human experience point of view. Not, and we never once touched on things of theology, which I think that... Well, I shouldn't say things of theology. If you're a Catholic... Uh, our, our theology is very much rooted in human experience. You know, it's very much rooted in logic. It's very much, it's, it's very practical, I will say. And I know there's people who don't like Catholicism that would argue against me, but man, um, sorry, pal, you're wrong. I mean, Catholic theology is really based in human experience, in the natural law, you know, looking at a thing and saying, okay, how does that thing function at its core? What's this thing for? What's it? What's its purpose? You know, and why is it useful? And kind of unpacking it from there. Or starting from a logical point that, or a fact that God is love. And then on the other hand, we have death and sin and suffering. So how do, how do we marry the two? You know, the thing that's unchanging is that God is love. The other thing that's unchanging is our subjective experience of suffering. So how do we marry the two? So that's what Catholic theology, I, I'm going to summarize as. That's what it's based on. That kind of thought. This podcast is not meant to be a theological podcast at all. Just one dude sharing his experience to maybe a, one other dude. <laughs> Probably just more to himself. But we're talking about this. Uh, Peter and I were talking about um, being made for greatness. Because this quote, uh, the world offers you comfort, but you're not made for comfort. You're made for greatness is used all over the place. There's, you know, quotes like this everywhere. There's quotes from Mother Teresa like this. Um, there's Padre Pio like this. Um, Pray, hope, and don't worry is a, is a good quote from Padre Pio, but it's used all over the place. You know, and, and uh, lots of these quotes are, are, are used everywhere, and they're often ripped out of context. At least they're ripped out of a cultural or maybe theological context that they should be founded within. And I agree with, with Peter 100%. He was talking about how he's getting tired of hearing, and I don't mean to miss, I don't mean to misrepresent what he was saying. But if I remember correctly, he was, and I agree with him, that he's getting tired of hearing this quote or Pope Benedict Sixteenth being used to sort of puff up this, this sense of greatness that we all experience where, or we want to drive for, whether it's greatness in sales and activity, greatness in material things and, and wealth and prestige. Um, and we, and it's a natural inclination for us, for me to want those things. I want prestige and part of my, my fallen nature, I think I would say, but it's a part of who I am is I have an inclination to, to gravitate towards prestige to gravitate towards things that make me feel good, gravitate towards things that's ideas, uh, toys, um, things that I can 
tangible things that make me feel good and pleasurable and, and justify my own thoughts and my own experiences and my own definition of the world, my own comfort, to use that same quote. So we, we want that. We're really good at that, human beings. We're really good at convincing ourselves of our thoughts, that our thoughts are the right thing. We're really good at that. Whether our thoughts are wrong, inherently wrong. You know, the flat earthers, I'm not going to pick on them. All right. Well, you know, no, no, I'm not going to pick on them. But they're completely convinced that the earth is flat. I just saw on the back of someone's window today, on their car, back window, rear window, um, saying, it taped on with, with masking tape, the same thing that you would see from the X-Files, <laughs> which is an interesting point because a lot of these people think that, that certain factions are out to get them. Um, but anyway, it taped onto the back of their, win- of their car is the earth is flat. And it just taped on there. You can't miss it. It's masking tape, kind of pasty brown on a black tinted window. So there's no way to mistake what it's saying. But, they, but they've somehow convinced themselves that despite all the evidence out there, that their opinion is the correct opinion. The, capital T-H-E, opinion. And then all everybody else is wrong or in denial or misled. And, and that's the thing is that I can sit here and I can mock the flat earthers. I can laugh at them. I can say, oh, gosh, you're so silly. But man, look at my own life and how I've convinced myself that, myself that certain activities, certain thoughts, certain desires are the best thing ever since sliced bread. That I am absolutely correct in my point of view. When really the only point of view that is absolutely correct is Jesus. That is the point of view that is absolutely correct. And everything else has to in my mind, I'm, <laughs> I'm convinced myself of this, but in my mind, everything else has to point towards that. Has to. Whether I enjoy backpacking and hiking, you know, these things on a human level make me a better person. They make my heart healthier, my brain more vibrant and, and able to respond, my body more fluid and able to respond. And all these things glorifies Jesus. The human being fully alive is what God glorifies in. Oh, pardon me, is it is what glorifies God. So, um, I, I lost my train of thought, but it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't want to go back and uncut, because it, <laughs> as I said in the previous episode, feels vain <laughs> to uncut these things and make them polished. So, um, at least for the time being. But when I was chatting with this gentleman, and he's a good man, I, I like him. Um, when we were chatting with him, and, and I agree with him, you know, I agree that this "made for greatness" quote is is misused all over the place. And it was interesting that, and I don't mean to to misrepresent what he was saying and and his point of view, but if I remember correctly, he was surprised when I told him that this podcast isn't based on being the best man that you could possibly be for the sake of being that best man, just for the sake of that prestige, that renown of, oh man, Kevin is a great man. That, that's not the point of it. The point of it is that the greatness that you and I are called to attain is the greatness of God himself. 
And Pope Benedict is clear. He says that what prevents us, and this is a, I'm paraphrasing poorly, but what prevents us from attaining this greatness is our own very selves. We drink vinegar like it's going out of style. We drink vinegar like the Italians drink wine, and we love vinegar. We fill our bodies up. We fill our hearts up with this vinegar. We fill our minds up with this vinegar, this, this, this a- acid, this poison to our bodies, to our souls. That's the analogy I'm trying to draw. And the analogy that Pope Benedict uses, as he himself is draw- drawing from St. Augustine of Hippo, that we, that we were prevented from attaining this greatness that God has for us because of our own vinegar and our own attraction to it. C.S. Lewis talks about how we can't get into heaven with the tiniest, the tiniest treasure from hell. It's, that's from his book, The Great Divorce. And I remember reading that at first, and that was the first time that I started to really see that sin is like a treasure. You know, um, sin is like a treasure. And it's not a treasure that I should hold on to. But it's a treasure in the sense that it's attractive, it's pleasurable, it satisfied certain longings. Temporarily, I, you know, I understand that fully. And I've said that in previous episodes. But the pleasure of sin is like a is like a sparkle in the distance it's like it's like a reflection of something else it's like the sun has reflected off a of off a, a piece of glass or metal a metallic object that's shiny and it attracts me to it but but the attraction to sin is like a the attraction of an electronic bug zapper to a bug <laughs> it might pull all of who i am into this into this uh sin but it kills me. It kills me. And so the greatness that you and I need to attain is the greatness of God himself. And I, I need to recognize how I've sought out sin as a treasure. And how I've clung on to sin as a treasure. I need to see that. And I need to be honest with myself. And I need to let go of it. Now, right now, I'm reading The Lord of the Rings. I, you know, I love this book. It makes me sad. You know, just an off note as, you know, I'm going to go off a little bit. Harry Potter, you know, I remember when it first came out, a lot of my friends, you know, I had some friends or some acquaintances that were involved in um, in Satanism. And they had, had major conversion experiences and... Um, they follow Jesus devoutly and faithfully. You know, and they're involved in deliverance ministries through the archdiocese that I was living in at the time. And um, legitimate deliverance ministries. And so they, they would tell me that there's certain incantations within the Harry Potter series that come right out of what they would say themselves. You know, this man, one man that I knew is a warlock. And he said, this is, this is what I would say. And, you know, on, on one hand, I could look at that and I say, okay, man, well... It's just words, for one. Um, and, and words, you know, what's, what's that saying? Go sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Um, on one hand, that's correct. On one hand, God is bigger. God is huge. And these words ultimately have no effect on me as a, as a, as a child of God. 
but they still have weight. They still have power. You look at this Lord of the Rings book, and it's interesting that these ring wraiths still have a power. They still have a way to affect my own life, or not my own life, but the life of Frodo and his hobbit companions and Aragorn and the elves and everyone else that, that are companions on the journey. I'm rereading the whole series, but I just started a few months back and I'm still in the first book. So they haven't parted ways yet. Spoiler alert, they part ways at the end of the, at the, end of the first book. But these ring wraiths still have a power over them. Even though the companions on the journey, they're in service of the greater good. Now, it's 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 it seems in my mind, my Christian mind, that it's implied heavily by Tolkien that there is a higher power that controls everything. And Gandalf, you know, I'm not a master of these of the Lord of the Rings lore, lore but Gandalf is a servant. I would even say that he's like a, a an archangel. I, I think that's. You know, I, I don't know how else to classify him if I could classify him in anything real. Regardless, these the companions are in service of Gandalf, uh, of the greater power. But they're still affected by the ringwraiths. And so when this gentleman that I know who had a full conversion, who would say that as a warlock, he would say these incantations that are within Harry Potter. Um, I can look at that and say, okay, well, huh, nice, that's good to know. And, and I could ignore it, and I'd be right in that. But at the same time, for me to ignore um, maybe a way that these things can affect me, I think would be foolish. And I say that not to say that we should never read Harry Potter. Uh, I, don't, uh, I, I don't think that that's the right answer. Uh, I don't think that kids at certain ages should start reading Harry Potter. I, I really don't. Just like I wouldn't let my young kids read Lord of the Rings because there's there's scary and frightening scenes in there they don't need to see. But it's a different way for me. Uh, I, I don't remember why I got down this rabbit hole, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I have to get back to work, and so I'm going to stop here. Tonight is, uh, we've been doing this Made for Greatness Men's Nights once a month. And we break over the summer just because everything in Regina where I live is breaks over the summer. I don't know. I don't know. You know, you try, it's it's funny. People are such creatures of habit to try and do something out of that habit. You're, oh, it's hard. And I do not have the time. My current job doesn't afford me the time to properly serve Otherwise, I would do this Made for Greatness stuff every month if I could. But I'm not sure where God's leading it, to be honest. I'm not sure where God's leading it. But back to Peter's point, don't get lost in the weeds. Don't get lost in the weeds of thinking that somehow the greatness that you and I are called to is merely a human greatness. Or greatness that rests here on earth. Because everything here on earth is going to pass. Everything. All my prestige. All my wealth, if I ever build up wealth. you know, All my debt, thank God. All this stuff is going to burn and melt away and pass. What matters is my friendship with Jesus Christ. That's what matters. That's the only thing that matters. And that's the only greatness that you and I are called to. The only greatness.
You know, the Mexico experience, it was a beautiful experience. Um, you know, very, very touching, life-changing experience. And I know a lot of people who have, have experienced similar things. I'm, I was talking to somebody here in Regina who, um, she just mentioned in passing, oh yeah, I've experienced abject poverty too. It changes you forever. And she's absolutely right. But you know, one thing that really struck me and I was talking to some friends. They had some friends over, and, and the friends they had over, they live in a very wealthy, very wealthy part of town. Extremely wealthy. It's sort of the upper echelons of the city here. And they're visiting, and they're chit-chatting, and, and these friends of mine, they moved to a nicer area here in this area, in this part of the neck of the woods. And it, they got just a beautiful property, you know. It'd be such a, a blessing. They have such a blessing to have the property that they have right now. And they're trying, you know, they, they, they're very generous with their space and their time. And it's good to have these people in our lives. But I had just gotten back um, the day before. And I remember our family was visiting theirs. And these, this couple from the, uh, the other part of town was over. And, and they asked me, what, what was it like? And I was still processing. And in many ways, I'm still processing. It's a month down, still processing. And the only thing that's concrete is that I want to go back. I wish I could go back all the time. I think I can only afford to do two trips a year at the most. Um, but please, God, let me let me be called to, to go there more often. But they asked me what it was like, and and it was really interesting. In a world that that clings to greatness as a material thing to cling to, these people who literally had nothing—literally, they have nothing. They have no home. Their homes are built up with thrown away scraps of metal and wood. These people were happy. They were happy. They were happier than anyone else that I've ever met in the West. And I've traveled all over the place. I've traveled to Europe, throughout Canada, the U.S., these people in Mexico City that we've met were the happiest ones that I have ever met. And they have nothing. These people were genuine. They were sincere. They were honest. They were hardworking and they're diligent. And man, if I could be what they are, oh, I'd be such better, such a better person. So that's it. I got to get back to work. Thank you for listening. <laughs> whoever is listening probably just myself uh, right now my dear boys I my heart is filled with vinegar and sin spit and vinegar I gotta go to confession looking forward to tonight's made for greatness event we're just we do it once a month in adoration confession fellowship Hopefully we'll have a speaker every month. And I'm literally looking forward to confession. I gotta empty my heart of this vinegar, man. I gotta purge it. Turn on that drain and let it just <laughs> get out. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs>